welcome to episode 73 of Christians in Our Soup, a weekly podcast by two of God's peculiar people, about God's peculiar people, for God's peculiar people. Proving that life is simply not as black and white as some would have us believe, but that sometimes life gets real and doesn't fit into any boxes, no matter how hard we try. Now, dear listener, you may have noticed that uh, we've moved straight from the opening music into Beardwatch. Um, and I need to point out, as I look at my dear brother here over our Zoom conversation, that uh, there is a significant <laughs> difference to the beard this week, brother. Yeah, I've got a mask on this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gone very white. It has Anybody gone very white, hasn't it? That it's got very white, <laughs> very skin coloured, very skin coloured. It has gone very skin coloured. <laughs> yeah, get worried about hair falling out on top of my head. But now it's falling out across yeah, all around my face. As well, yeah. yeah, literally fell off this week. <laughs> yes, mate. After announcing last week about Boaz beard, yes, the the beard would go when Boaz appeared. Well. <laughs> It didn't take long it didn't, did after it? making that announcement <laughs> for Boaz to decide he was coming. That's fantastic. <laughs> so the Boaz beers was is, has now gone. Awesome, awesome, mate. It's been a bit of a process, though, hasn't it? It's been a bit of a journey. Oh yeah, I'd take days. a razor to it and cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that as well. That as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes no it's uh well yeah i mean it actually started um way way back in the dark ages no it actually started <laughs> back, back when i was a young man mm. yeah long, 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 long ago there we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny Brother. that obviously we pre-recorded last week um yes. yeah yeah on I don't know when we did Thursday. Thursday, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, pre-recorded that, and then even before we put it out on Sunday, uh, Natasha's waters had broken on Saturday night, <laughs> <laughs> and there was me thinking, "Oh no, we're going to put this out of the Boaz beard," and waiting <laughs> turn up on Sunday. Um, <laughs> so that was, but uh, yeah, no, her waters broke on Saturday. She ended up in hospital obviously um she then uh, showed no signs of labor so monday uh monday evening she was yeah. um she, she left uh, the hospital they they advised her to leave um and come home which is a little bit concerning in all honesty sure um and we weren't a hundred percent behind the the thought process but um you know she came home in the end 
and um, Tuesday morning she was back in and yeah so in fact I'd shaved the beard on Saturday night thinking oh the waters are broken <laughs> you'll be here soon and then I was thinking uh oh <laughs> anticipation excitement yes. I don't know what it was um, but yeah so then she was back in Tuesday and um, they decided that actually because the water had broken because it had been so many days after that um, yeah. that they were going to help uh, to start her off as there was no signs of labour um, sure yeah the bottom line was that there could be infection inside um, because of no water barrier there to protect so yeah. so yeah so they yeah. started her off uh, on Tuesday uh, afternoon which was an interesting one because we had a community outreach in Blind and Mice Tuesday evening oh my word uh, we had our Christmas outreach with uh, we'd done it on Monday night right. with um, Gendros Baptist and taking Santa around what was called pop-up Christmas yeah, yeah. So taking Santa around and sharing the gospel um, and handing out presents we did that Monday night in Gendros then we had Tuesday night in Blind and Mice and uh, yeah that I was dre- <laughs> I was dressed in an elf outfit <laughs> for this for this um, outreach doing this outreach constantly on waiting for a phone call because I knew right. they started her off yeah. of when she would go into active labour for me to go into the hospital because I could meet with her then yeah when she was in active labour well the, 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 never come. Um, she did contact Natasha bless her contacted me and said that she was starting to have contractions whilst I was out um, yeah. you know but uh, you know, we can never put a time limit on any of these things and sure what have you but uh, so it was then late Tuesday evening um, that I uh, got a phone call to say that she was going up to the actual labor ward that she'd gone into active labor it was time for me to arrive and uh, be with her so I ended up in my elf outfit arriving at the hospital <laughs> for a birth <laughs> so you've not so much had elf on a shelf as elf in the ward <laughs> yes it, it brought a great sense of amusement to everybody <laughs> i can imagine it did <laughs> so uh, yeah and um ah it was yeah it wasn't it was an amazing birth um and it's a real testimony to god and the power of the holy spirit within the whole thing because natasha did what's called christian hypnobirth and some yeah. of our listeners may have heard of hypnobirth um and with a lot of these things uh personally i had a few questions about it to start sure. with and yeah. did a bit of you know, research about it but um it's basically meditation but with christian hypnobirth it's meditation with scripture and with the word fantastic and affirmations giving particularly the baby and the mother affirmations um and all those sorts of things, and it was it was awesome. It was so I was really impressed with her when I got there. Um, she was so calm. Yeah, she was so peaceful. I was in honesty in shock about oh, wow. how calm she was. <laughs> um, and she st- she stayed apart from one moment, which I'll talk about in a minute. She stayed right. really really calm. The whole thing without gas and air, which was like wow, unbelievable. Um, and yeah, she was. God was really clearly working with her yeah. and yeah. keeping her at peace and everything. It was awesome. Um, but God then really had to intervene at one moment, which 
scared the living daylights, if I'm honest, out oh, of us. Um, we had one moment where, I mean, she'd got to nine and a half centimetres dilated yeah. by four o'clock, I think it was, on Wednesday morning. And in all on well, the, the midwife actually said later on, I should have got you to start pushing then because what what happened two hours later um yeah around about two hours three hours later was the fact that uh, she'd gone back to eight centimeters which was a bit strange mm, yeah but then what developed was the fact that suddenly natasha developed um a fever she was sweating she was starting to shiver she was absolutely shaking she she virtually oh. lost control of her body um oh, she was really shaking and at the same time they they lost Boaz's heartbeat. Um, Boaz, yeah, the, the the monitor on that was set up couldn't capture his heartbeat. Now that wasn't abnormal because he, he can move at times and you lose yeah. the heartbeat. Yeah. But they couldn't refind it when they kept moving the the monitor around to, to try and pick it up. They couldn't find it. Oh, so man. they then um, and they'd already warned at the very beginning. They'd warned us that you know this might happen. It yeah. could happen in pregnancy and things in terms of having to then attach a monitor, go inside and attach a monitor to the head of the baby. Right. So they did that, but that didn't bring up a heartbeat. Natasha, as I was, had lost control of her own body at this point. We had a room full of medical professionals at that time. Right. Um, and we even had a crash team in at the time. Um, wow. It was a scary moment. Yeah. where they then brought in um, a scan machine and yeah. those, they were actually scanning and couldn't find a heartbeat. Now, I can't say that, in theory, Boaz wasn't, you know, his heart wasn't beating at the time. I don't right. know. Um, all I can say is that they could not find a heartbeat from anything that they were doing. Yeah. I literally broke down on my knees in tears, clinging hold of my wife, and just praying like mad. Yeah. Um, I managed to send some messages out very quickly to a couple of people that I knew were yeah. there at yeah. that time. Um, and I knew would pick it up straight away and um, ask them to pray. And sure. uh, yeah. yeah, and, and I, I mean, I, was, I just remember one point saying, Lord, you said Boaz was going to be all right. And we've held on to that all the way through this pregnancy, yeah. that Boaz was going to be fine. And we believed in that. And it was like at the last moment, it was like this day, no, God, you've told us everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, and there was a moment in me of just frustration and almost anger with God that this was happening. Right. Yeah. But they managed to find a heartbeat. Um, about 10 minutes later, they managed to get his heart, you know, the heartbeat back. They managed to bring the infection back under control within Tasha within about half an hour. Um, and yeah, thankfully both are absolutely fine. Um, and, uh, and I just, for me, I've come away going, I saw the Holy Spirit move in that half an hour in my own life that I've never seen before. I was, yeah, I say I can remember what I was praying. I can remember the fact that I was praying. I, I honestly was praying for resurrection of my own son at the time because yeah. there was no heartbeat, and I was like, yeah. "Lord, put your breath back into him. Yeah. Put your breath back into him." Yeah. And I, yeah. So I say I don't know medically, but what I can say is that there was no heartbeat, and 
10 minutes later they found a heartbeat and God moved and took over control and I just believe that Satan was trying to take them both yeah I believe that Satan was trying to take them both because I know that there's a calling on Boaz's life that he's going to do greater things than me poor bloke (laughs) <laughs> and uh, if anyone has to walk out of him not that I do great things at all I don't, don't think that at all I just think I'm sorry for my son who has to he's got a cold in his life already <laughs> Amen a great man of God to be it's yeah it, it's been amazing um, we've had to pray really hard you know after it as well not because of anything as such um, but just in the fact that uh, the, the infection within Tasha was still there whilst she was absolutely fine and, and okay yeah. the infection was still there and they were doing kept doing blood tests to try and find right. where it was and what it yeah. was and, and this comes back to the fact that I believe this is of the devil because they couldn't find it they could not find an answer for this infection wow. at all and then I got a message I was gonna say out of the blue it was out of the blue but it wasn't <laughs> obviously she's been contacting me but uh, I got a message from her to say that they were going to move her on to the postnatal ward, which we assume, and we say assume, means that the infection now has been dealt with and it's not showing up anymore. Amen. So, yeah, but God has really taught me so much in it. Yeah. You know, I was blessed with having more hours with, with them both than I should have done. We didn't know what the actual guidelines were apart from when she went on the ward. I couldn't be with her and I couldn't see her until her and Boaz would come out of hospital. But um, I was blessed to have more hours with, with her with that. And yeah, there was a moment within all of that that there was a frustration and an issue with some, you know, one of the midwives that just got me rolled up a little bit. But God spoke to me in that and I've, I've had to come away and repent of... You know, the frustrations and the anger within me of you know, lack of communication and things so yeah God's been doing a really deep deep work in me um, and Amen. I have to admit I think sometimes I don't want any more yeah. <laughs> because I'm yeah. shattered <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but if this is if this is the calling of the life of you know, that we're called to yeah. and yeah. through the obedience we see other people set free yeah then i will keep pr- walking this walk and my family will keep walking like i say my family now will walk yes. this walk because yeah there's no other walk that i would want for anybody to you know it's not us it's god it's the power of the holy spirit that sets people free Amen. but free or free free <laughs> <laughs> three of us is free free people <laughs> Amen, brother yeah so anyway that's it's been amazing and Fantastic it's a fantastic week to meet God again yeah yeah indeed um just very briefly you mentioned the pop-up christmas and uh, i saw a couple of the videos for that um just tell us a little bit about that and some of the responses you've got because from what i could make out it seemed quite a positive response uh, even when the weather wasn't particularly good uh, it sounds though like you had a pretty good response around the estate for that yeah tuesday evening in blind and mice was Oh, I mean, it was amazing. Monday night in Gendros was great um, as well. The, the opportunity to be able to get out in the community yeah. and bring something to the community to bring to put smiles on their faces was just amazing, both Monday and Tuesday. But particularly, you know, for, for, for myself with Tuesday night, you know, to bring something to Blind and Mice that 
people had said to us beforehand, we haven't done anything like this for years yeah. in the community. And it was just off the back of, again, like we did where with the Love Where You Live week, yeah. somebody yeah. Um, at Message Wells said, you, we've got an opportunity, would you like to do this? I said, yes. It's exactly the same. You know, we, we said yes. Um, you know, slight difference was there wasn't the, the huge support from the Message Wales this time round for it. So we really had to pray in the volunteers for this, but they came. And um, the community just, I mean, we had, the calculations were 517 people on the streets. Wow. In you know, the eight areas that we stopped off at to, to bring the gospel message, to bring just love to the community. Yeah. Yeah. And it was absolutely awesome, so amazing. And it's it's not about it's not about Eden. It's not about us. It's about what God can do. And the fact that people are hearing the gospel message, they're hearing them on the streets, they're hearing it you know, through the Facebook page because we're getting more yeah. and more likes on the Facebook page. That's brilliant. Amen. It's yeah, it's it's amazing. And we were handing out you know little booklets for Christmas and giving out presents to the kids yeah yeah obviously I had the whole thing of what was going on with the hospital at the same of course, time yeah. in my head yeah but to, you know people commenting and saying thank you but saying things like you see it and and this is fine you know this comment I mean some people may find the comment you know a little bit like ooh, but you know, for me it was fine because people say you oh, my kids saw Santa probably for the only time this year and that's very true and what is it that brings you know it brings a smile to their faces. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we all know. You know, hope there's no children listening. That um, <laughs> the funny man in the red suit and white beard is not real. Yeah, yeah. And forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> you just shattered the illusions of children all over the world. Then, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, our show is now listened to on almost every continent across the world. Uh, it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Up, up until that second when they've all switched off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll say happy Christmas now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. But no, I, I hear what you say. I hear what it you was, say. It was, you know, it was awesome. Um, and, you know, people are already, well, on the night were saying, oh, we could do this next year, but we could do it with this and we can make it bigger and everything. Yeah. And we don't have an issue with that. We don't have an issue at all. The only thing that we would ever say and the team will say is we can do whatever we want as long as we share the gospel and that's our only you know it's the same with message wales you know, as long as we share the gospel it's you know I say it's fine it's not fine if it's heresy of course but yeah of course it's you know it's fine and just yeah just to see the community come together you know again and the awesomeness of the team the awesomeness of people getting behind it the fact that again just walking around the streets um, when it was raining, to see all these people out on the streets enjoying it, singing along, dancing along. And they were asking, obviously Natasha wasn't there, and they were asking, how is she? What's happening? Oh, and, wow. and to see the community get, you know, I've always said, we've always said that Blind and Mice knows how to do community. Yes. Yeah. And they do. And this again has just shown it, but it's shown it in an even stronger way because they were asking after Natasha. And when I was saying, oh, you know, she's in labor and they were all looking at me like i was a weirdo for being there <laughs> yeah what like, are you doing well, here yeah what, what more i can't do anything i can't yeah. go there you know we're only 15 minutes away from the hospital anyway so i knew that i had plenty of time to get there 
um, if I suddenly got the call. So, yeah, but, it, and again, it was just huge testimony to the team and those that came in and supported because there's, there, was, there was no way on that night that I could have done, I mean, I couldn't have done it on my own anyway, but with the circumstances surrounding it, you know, the team really stepped up. Um, not They don't need to step up because they do it all the time. Um, you know, we had a gospel talk at each of the stops. Um, I did the first four, and then Oliver did the second four, just in case there was the phone call, and he did an amazing job. So, yeah, it, it was it was amazing, and to see the community come together was just awesome. And I just think, okay, so this is this is Christmas. What's next? Um, yeah, you know, we yeah. got some, we still got some amazing things to do before Christmas, including an online carol service that we're going to be doing from. Blind and Mice um, oh, wow. and Gendros. Yeah. Um, you know, carol service has never come from Blind and Mice. This, this is something that's never been done and it's going to go online. Wow. Okay. We're going to do Christmas Day. We've got this doll's house and presents to go and hand out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I've got Santa's outfit to go and actually do all that in, which Fantastic. I'll be honest is, is what I'm really excited about the most. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Obviously, I've got a baby boy now as well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to dress him up as an elf and tell, take him with me. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. He's as much of this as as, as anybody. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, he'd be a couple of days old now. A day old. Yeah. <laughs> By the time I'm recording this. But um, yeah, it, you know, and, and that's what we're excited about. We're just the simplicity of Chris. I think that's what God has really been teaching me. Yes. The simplicity yeah. of Christmas. Yeah. Um, Wales Online posted a bizarre question today. That okay. said about cancelling Christmas. Would you cancel Christmas for COVID? Right. My response was, well, you can't cancel Christmas because Jesus has already been born. Yeah. So, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, it's, it's crazy. How can you cancel Christmas? It's just, it's a ridiculous question yeah. in, in a world that's gone crazy when yeah. God is saying, come back to the simplicity of Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. What's the simplicity? Yeah. Jesus was born in a manger. Yeah. It was an ordinary birth. And it was a birth that, you know, as the same as any other birth, it wasn't a bizarre birth. It wasn't like, you know, apart from the fact that obviously there was an immaculate conception yeah, in of Mary. Course, of course. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. it, there was a, you know, it, it was an ordinary birth. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, everything that I've just gone through, I say I've gone through, I haven't gone through <laughs> anything really. Everything that <laughs> Natasha has just yeah. gone through is yeah. how Jesus yeah. was born. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe not with a suction cap, but that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, you know, and that's that's what it. That's for me. That is really what I feel. God is really saying, come Amen. back to the simplicity. Yeah, um, it's not about the bells and smells. Um, no, forgive me, high churches, and it's not about <laughs> the. Um... <laughs> I'll stop now before I get into trouble and we lose more listeners. <laughs> Russ, how about you? Well, how was your week gone? <laughs> Listeners, you might have noticed the completely smooth segue there from one of us to the other. <laughs> I'm also aware we're going to do, hopefully, Christmas next week. So, uh, <laughs> Well, that's true. That's true. Yes. Although I haven't got anything specific in mind. But yes, I just think it would be great to do some kind of Christmassy show uh, next yeah. week. But more of that next week when it happens. And you've got um, a Christmas jumper on. That, I've just realised that. I have got my that. Christmas jumper on. This is very true. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that has been this week's top. Um, which I shall whip through the wash quick so that I can wear it again next week. Because um, as we've said before, vision comes across well on audio. Um, yes. 
<laughs> I've just had the most bizarre thought that actually I could sit here in t-shirt and shorts and do this podcast and no one would actually know any different. Um, <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say about Sydney then, because that was... <laughs> I had a completely different vision, forgive me. <laughs> um, yeah. Moving on quick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can I, can I rescue what's left of this week's show? Um... <laughs> Well, you've got your wife coming up soon, so... <laughs> yeah, if you and I can't rescue it, at least, praise God, we know that she will. Um, uh, yeah, a couple of things, really, to share um, this week. Uh, listeners may be aware, may remember my my alluding to a potential move uh, for Anna and myself, um, which uh, we felt God was confirming last week. Um, it's been an interesting journey, a uh, very interesting journey, uh, around about... 10 or 11 weeks ago I guess um, we first got an inkling that uh, our season here at uh, Western Supermare where we're currently living um, and our season with the call uh, to support New Sound Christian Radio wasn't necessarily going to be as long as we and others had first envisioned it to be. We went to the Lord, my wife and I went to the Lord very openly and said Lord if this is you please make it clear. Um, At that point one of us was thinking no it's not from the Lord and the other one was thinking yes it is and so we prayed very openly and very earnestly Lord change the heart of the one who's not where they should be basically and bring our hearts uh, into unity and that happened fairly quickly Uh, and it happened with the giving of a picture of me stood at the top of a road looking down the road and seeing a JCB uh, not too far away Uh, but starting to dig foundations for a building. Um, And we very much felt that the Lord was preparing already um, the foundations for uh, us to be moving on. Uh, Shortly after that, we were led to a scripture in 2 Samuel, uh, which confirmed that the Lord was building uh, a house. And for us, within the context of the Lord moving us on, we looked at the foundations being built and uh, the Lord building his house within the context of the overall call for us to move to a different area and do what the Lord calls us to do in that area. And the context for us was that the Lord was already working on what was going to be happening and what we were going to be doing when we get there. Um, So that really confirmed the the, the, the scripture from 2 Samuel confirmed the previous picture. A couple of days later, Anne then received a picture from the Lord of a a sort of dirt path with yellow flowers down the side of it. And again, like the road that I had seen, the path was dead straight. Uh, Nothing on it, just a dead straight path. And we shared these pictures and uh, the scripture that we'd had uh, with family and close friends. And from the responses we had back, the prayers that we had given, uh, we just felt very strongly the Lord confirming that we were to be moving on. A couple of things that have come up since then and someone else has come back in relation to the picture that Anne had which was a straight path a a sort of dirt path with yellow flowers down either side and this person has come back and said they felt um, this path leading in a very specific direction and early spring Uh, which was interesting because right from the very start uh, we had felt Um, that uh, early spring would be the time that we would be moving but we hadn't said that specifically Um, so it was interesting that this person came back with that because that tied in uh, with what we were feeling 
and we then narrowed down the number of options in terms of where we were to go. Uh, those options were narrowed down quite quickly to two. Um, and when I'm able to share in more detail, I'll share how that happened. But uh, within the last two or three days, really, Anne and I had um, our own leaning, shall we say, um, of those two options. But within the last two or three days, and in fact, as recent, I guess, as yeah, early evening last night, I guess, was the final confirmation. Um, and there were three things that confirmed um, the uh, exact location uh, that we are to be moving on to. Uh, we've yet to tell immediate family. Uh, we'll be doing that uh, between recording this and this show going out. But um, hopefully uh, next week I'll be able to tell folk um, where we're going um, and share a little bit more of the excitement of the Lord moving on. But it's been an interesting journey. But something else that came to mind chatting to somebody yesterday I'm very aware that when we first came here, our initial feeling was that we were going to be here for, and we'd always said up to, I don't think we'd ever said specifically, but we'd always said up to two years, uh, or to a maximum of two years. But the Lord brought to mind uh, Ecclesiastes 3 um, yesterday, as I was chatting to somebody uh, yesterday morning. And what occurred to me is, and I read it with Anne again this morning, in the whole of those first, I think it's eight verses, where it reads there is a season for this and a season for that there's nowhere specific that i can find and if there's any biblical scholars out there who are more aware of the translation than i am then please correct me but there's nowhere that i can see specific in that in in those verses that says how long those seasons last it simply says there is a season for this and a season for that and our role is to be open to the lord um, and to be hearing him and not to be following through our own ideas and so Yes, doing what we're doing has come as a bit of a surprise to us as well as one or two folk around us. And I totally understand that because it's come as a surprise to us as well. Um, <laughs> but given the pictures, the scripture and the feedback we've had, we can have no doubt at all um, of what the Lord is doing in our lives. And then as early as this morning uh, in our quiet time, uh, we just felt the Lord saying that there is um, a project of some kind that Anne and I will be able to get involved to in the place that we're moving to that will enable the spread of the gospel. Um, and we're grateful for that um, because that gives us even more purpose. Um, it's, it's not just a random move. It's a move with God's purpose at the heart. Um, so we're very grateful for that. And uh, we will keep listeners informed as we go on this journey. Um, both geographical and spiritual and as I say hopefully next week um, we'll be able to tell you exactly where we're going uh, and a little of why we're so excited to be going where we're going as well <laughs> um, so yeah uh, God is moving on um, played a song a couple of weeks ago on the um, contemporary Christian music hour uh, that I DJ for on New Sound Christian Radio uh, by John Pantry called God is moving on uh, but it's a reminder that because God is moving on we as his followers need to be moving on with him um, occasionally that means where we are, occasionally that means moving geographically to the place that he calls us to and uh, that's where Anne and I are at at the moment. Um, so yes, more details to follow, but exciting times for, for Anne and myself uh, at the moment. Now the other thing is, and uh, I mentioned New Sound Christian Radio a few moments ago, and for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome to the show, but I am a volunteer DJ with New Sound Christian Radio, and if you're not tuning in already, you can find us on the web, just Google New Sound Christian Radio, uh, you can ask Alexa, and there's even an app that you can download so you can listen to the station on your phones as well. 
But we are just about to, well, we've just started, uh, within the last few days, we've just started our Christmas appeal. Um, the station was started back in March, and it was started using, uh, shall we say, not new equipment. And obviously, as it's become more and more used over the last nine or ten months, uh, there's a need for updated equipment where possible. Uh, so we've started our Christmas appeal, and we're looking to raise a little over £7,000, and uh you know, if you're able to support, there is a website. I'm going to play uh, Christmas Appeal Sting uh, in just a moment. If you're able to support, however large or small, we would be very, very grateful um, to for, for your support for the station and for its ministry as we seek to share the love of God all over the world. Hi, everyone. I'm Russ. I'm one of your DJs here on New Sound Christian Radio. We just want to say a huge thank you to all of you who've been supporting us over the last few months. It's been amazing to see the listenership growing bigger every month and we give thanks and glory to God for making that happen. As the station continues to grow and move forward, however, we're now launching our NSCR Christmas Appeal and you can find all the details of that at supportnscr.com. That's all one word, supportnscr.com. You know, the station started with some old equipment which has seen better days and we'd like to ask if you could support us in upgrading that equipment. We're still asking you, the listeners, to share New Sound Christian Radio with your friends and your families to help spread the gospel of Jesus and we're asking if you'd be so kind as to support the station as we move forward into a new era. Even if you're only able to donate a dollar or a pound, any support would be gratefully received. Once again, that website, supportnscr.com. Of course, we also value all your prayers as the station seeks to fulfil its mandate of sharing the love of Jesus around the world. We've been hugely encouraged recently to find the station reaching many, many countries around the globe, and your prayers for those listening are very much appreciated. Once again, if you're able to help with a small donation, please visit supportnscr.com. So until we share the airwaves again, thank you, and God bless you all. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. And like I say, if you're able to support, that would be fantastic. But do please tune into the station. Say Google us, find us under New Sound Christian Radio, uh, and do join the uh, join the station and enjoy listening to the shows. There's various shows from uh, contemporary music, worship music, review shows. We have devotional shows that go out in the morning and at lunchtime. Uh, there's teaching. Uh, we have a Sunday service that goes out twice on a Sunday. There's all sorts of different shows that go out. So uh, do Google New Sound Christian Radio and join us on the station. Brother, as it often does when we're chatting, time has zipped past. <laughs> and I've just been thinking about what you said about Ecclesiastes. And whilst you've been chatting, just done a little bit of research. Oh, OK. Um, You're going to prove me wrong now, aren't you? No, I'm not at all. Oh, fact, thank goodness for that. Lord, what, you have me worried there for a minute, Lord. <laughs> no, and I just, I, it's just stood out to me and I've just gone, wow. Because <laughs> um, Ecclesi- the word time obviously comes up in that passage a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says there is an appointed time. Yes. And now, and that appoint, the word time there is different. The Hebrew word is different to the time that's used in the rest of the passage. So that okay. first time is about an appointed time. Yeah. The other word, a time, so a time for every event under heaven and a time for yep. birth and a time for everything, that word is um, a different Hebrew word, which is, I think it's pronounced eth or eth, and I'm okay. completely wrong with that. It also translates as opportunity. Okay. So every, what I was reading with that was that with everything of these times that we're talking about or yep. what is written in Ecclesiastes, yep. there's an opportunity. Yeah. 
though in birth there's not we could have talked about Indeed, in movement yeah. there's an opportunity in yeah. death there's an opportunity in everything there is an opportunity and what's that opportunity ultimately to share the gospel absolutely yeah what is that opportunity yeah. for each of us so i encourage you i've just <laughs> thrown that in but i also encourage our listeners that even yeah. whatever you are going through what season you are finding yourself in right now yeah look at it as an opportunity amen that god wants to use you and use what is happening to show his glory yeah yeah so yeah absolutely. sorry i throw that no, in that's quick. fantastic and um yeah we can move on to your wife's uh uh, yeah, we, we, we oh, interview. Yeah, interview. That. That's, that's the word you're looking for, brother. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you can tell, dear listener, we've gone slightly off piste, um, but that's nothing unusual for us, too, is it, brother? Sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, we alluded uh, earlier on to the fact that um, Anne is joining us after a break in a few moments uh, for an interview. Um, longer term listeners might recall that I spoke to Anne, chatted to Anne on the show about uh, five, six months ago. Um, but the, the recording quality wasn't terribly good on that. So Brahman and I took the opportunity uh, to chat to Anna Gang uh, about her life story. You'll find it's a little bit out of the ordinary. Uh, so do stay with us and we'll be talking to Anne after this break. So Anne, hello, welcome to Christians in Our Soup once again. Good to have you with us again, love. Nice to have you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, that's good. Now, yeah, that's, I, I, should, I should say for any listeners who are new to the show that all our female guests love. Um, and all our female guests, so it's nice to have you too. Um, He's never called me love. <laughs> many, many other things, Beardy, but not love. <laughs> Beardy and Baldy. Oh, there's a new show. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Isn't it? Um... No, I, I should explain that um, Anne and I are married uh, and have been for uh, 27 and a half years. Um, so, um, yes, hopefully Anne will feel very relaxed over these next few moments as we talk a little bit about um, your background, your upbringing and so on and so forth. Um, longer term listeners will, of course, remember that uh, you and I had a chat on the show about five or six months ago, but it was relatively short and didn't go uh, too in depth. So we just thought it would be a nice idea now, uh, Brownwell and I co-hosting the podcast uh, and we're having guests on uh, on a fairly regular basis uh, to bring you back on and uh, just to kind of delve a little bit deeper maybe uh, into uh, your life and uh, your coming to faith and so on and so forth. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Bramwell uh, to get us underway. Um, okay. and I should warn you um, that uh, there might be occasions where we pick up on some things that you say and we dive down the occasional rabbit hole. Um, so uh, don't, don't look too panicked by that, okay? It's all good. I love the rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> Hello again, Bramwell. <laughs> Hello, Anne. Oh, it's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Yeah, go on. Listeners, you will have no idea what has just happened in the last 10 minutes here before we <laughs> actually have got, finally gone live with this recording. But dear old Russ, bless him, <laughs> suddenly realised that it wasn't recording again. <laughs> but thankfully, it was not recording within 10 minutes. So that was... Yeah. <laughs> So yes, oh, I wouldn't so, mind, but I've only been podcasting for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> twice, twice in two weeks, I've nearly missed the recording. So oh, there you we need go. a sabbatical, Russ. Yeah, I think I do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's all good fun. So yes, yeah, so hello, Anne. <laughs> um, you're doing my upbringing yes. again. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk. Yes, we are. <laughs> the same question as we did when before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, Anne, 
your your childhood and your your upbringing i i know some of this and uh, i used to love enjoy listening to your stories when we sat around the the uh, tea table at uh, nicholson house but um yeah tell us about your childhood and your upbringing i'll say it again i was born in brazil <laughs> you were still born in brazil that's good <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing's changed in the last 10 minutes i'm pleased to hear that <laughs> Um, Sorry, I've gone. <laughs> I was born in Brazil, and I grew I grew up actually in Brazil. Um, my childhood was 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 really nice. I enjoyed living out in Brazil. Um, the Brazilians were really friendly. Um, my parents are English, and so I also had a bit of a, a mixture of English and Brazilian. Used to go to Brazilian school and come back to my parents. Um, come back home and had English lessons with my parents at home in the afternoons. In the southern part of Brazil, my dad was a church, um, doing church planting, and so it was nice going to church and getting to know um, and having Brazilian friends as well. I had primary schools in the south of Brazil and came back to São Paulo and had my English, um, senior school in São Paulo, went to American school there and used to come back to fur, um, England for furlough and had to go to senior schools at the, at the time that we were back in on furlough and then returned to Brazil and um, of course back to a um, mixture of Brazilian and English education again. Sure, so your education clearly was uh, was fairly mixed but what about daily life out there i mean most of our listeners i should think particularly those um in the uk and in america will have experienced a fairly ordinary uh, upbringing in a fairly ordinary house with family and so on and so forth um but your everyday life in Brazil would have been slightly different, I imagine, to what a lot of us would be used to. Um, for example, you you told me stories before about one of the houses that you lived in, which happened to be on stilts. Yeah, in the southern part of Brazil, um, it's it's more of a, a cold um, cold um, part. In the um, sort of like the daily life, because um, my parents are English, so we used to speak English at home and went to used to go to school in the morning so obviously you had to speak portuguese and then we used to come back home and used to have english as i said before we had the english lessons in the afternoons and oh um because my dad was church planting we used to go to church in the evenings for services on sundays was was a usual thing sort of Sunday schools um, and in the afternoons we used to have um, evangelism sort of um, outreach in the evenings we used to go to, um, used to, go to church <clears throat> and dad used to have another congregation to go to which was a really long journey he used to go by car it was between two churches but um, dad was helping now most of us uh, particularly if we want a Sunday roast um, would uh, even in the current situation, would probably pop down to our local supermarket and buy uh, the chicken, be it uh, pre-cooked or otherwise. You didn't do that, did you? No. The traditional food in Brazil is rice and beans, um, black beans, and, um, okay, you get um, roasted chicken. 
but um, meat in Brazil was very expensive. Yeah. Um, sometimes um, in in the, a house in the southern part of Brazil, we used to have chickens in the back garden, and I remember Dad sort of Dad was the person to kill the chicken, and I used to help my mum take the feathers off the chicken and um, sort of guttering it and to cooking it. Wow. Wow, very different, very different. So when you talk. said, when you said, uh, uh, when you said Anne, no, you're Anne. <laughs> when, you, <laughs> when you said beans, I was thinking, celebrity, get me out of here because obviously rice and beans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's Stop. a very different kind of rice and beans. Um, so, um, you said that your parents were uh, in Brazil with uh, the Baptist Missionary Society as uh, missionaries. Um, Tell us a bit about your journey of faith. When did you come to faith in Christ? I used to live in a place called São José dos Pinhais, which is just outside Curitiba, where I was born in Paraná. And um, Dad was had a, a church, a plant, uh, planting a church there, just outside Curitiba. Yeah. And I remember it was a wooden church. I remember sitting at the back of the church, and my dad was preaching, and right at the end he made an um, appeal sort of asking people if anybody wanted to make a commitment to the Lord put their hands up so I did yeah. and I felt a very long I felt very warm inside my 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 body fantastic and that wow. was it that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant no no everybody's <laughs> testimony is different that's mm. yeah definitely but then um some of my friends were getting baptismal class and I think I was about 10, 10 years old. And my dad, uh, I said to my said, I said to my dad, I said, would you like to be baptized? And he said, no, I don't think it's time for you to be baptized then. It's just give it a, give it a few, a while. Yeah. So when I turned, when I got to 11, I went up to my dad and I said, can I be baptized? So he said, yes. So went through the baptismal um, classes and in the church in the baptismal and baptist church the candidates have to go up the front and the members of the church ask you questions about your faith and how what do you think and all these these questions so eventually i said the right answer the right things i eventually was was baptized when i was 11 but i was baptized in a, um, a lake not a, a, oh, a wow. river a lake and um, my dad baptized me with these um with other other friends wow that's amazing to be to be baptized in the lake that's sorry i'm just getting pictures of this lake now yes. and, and uh, <laughs> yeah anyway let's move on before my imagination runs away <laughs> um so how was it that you were able to get involved with the ministry that your parents were doing um when i got a bit older when i um th i got three siblings uh, two brothers and a sister, all three of them were, came to England to boarding schools. And I felt, I suppose I felt a bit special. <laughs> um, oh, you are, you are, Anne. <laughs> I was going to say, there's a reason for that. Though. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit special to, and I came, went back with my parents to um, back to Brazil when I was about oh, 16, when I was 16 years old, um, went back and obviously I was doing GCSEs, studying for GCSEs. I just was able to help. My dad was um, um, was asked to come and to, 
to Sao Paulo, but to help in a hostel for missionaries' children for a couple of years. And um, then after that, was asked to work with fa um, favelas at shanty towns in Sao Paulo. And um, in the in the second time that in place just outside Sao Paulo, which is called Cochia, um, we were able to work in. Um, Dad was able to work with um, a church and work with a favela, and I was able to help my parents. I just supported them really. Yeah, fantastic. Great stuff. Um, you mentioned earlier about furloughs. Um, now, for those who don't know, I think furlough has now changed its name. Uh, is it now, what's it now called? Home leave? H home assignment. Home assignment, okay. Um, I think that's partly to do with the fact that obviously when missionaries come back, part of their role when they come back is to uh, visit local churches and uh, update them on what they're doing on the mission field and so on. Yeah. Um, but from your point of view, as a young child um, who was coming back to the UK and then going back to Brazil, how did that make you feel sort of coming from one country to another every so often? A bit of a mixture, really. Um, uh, we were in Brazil and I didn't want to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously reasons because it's I mean, on furlough. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a mixture. I'm, I was, sure. I'm used to being in Brazil that time yeah. then. Yeah. And what about the time when you came back permanently? How did that affect you? How did you feel about that? When I was in Brazil, I, um, mum and dad were saying, um, oh, we're going back. Well, we're thinking of coming back to England permanently. And I, yeah. And I, I just didn't want to go. I didn't want to come back. And I had a letter from my one of my, yeah, my uncle, my my dad's brother's, yeah, my dad's brother. He wrote me a letter saying it'd be good if you come back to England because of family. And then afterwards, my mama had a good talking to me, and she said there won't be anything here in Brazil for you. You'll be on your own. You won't have any family. In England, you can get benefits and all this and all this stuff. Yeah. So um, I eventually sort of came back. I accepted coming back to England. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But then I said, I said to my mum, I said I wanted to go. I want to go back again to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and how did you find adjusting to life back in the UK? I found it a bit difficult at first, but um, when um, I, was, I was 19 when I came back um, permanently, and I uh, I just wanted to go back to Brazil. And Mum said, "Well, well, you can go back to Brazil in a few years' time." And so, but um, whilst we're in one of the mission houses, I said to I said to my mum, I said, uh, Mum said to me, she said. You're not going to sit here all day, and you need to find a job. And so, eventually, found um, a nursing nursing home, which I was able to live in for a few, um, yeah, for a while. And I was able to sort of um, commute back by bus to see my mum and dad once I had the days off. So, um, yeah, so it was a bit of a struggle, sort of adapting to English life. Wow. But you, you did that and you found work. Um, what were your parents doing when they came back from Brazil? My, my parents were um, obviously going around churches, just telling that um, the work that they did in Brazil and obviously finishing off in with BMS. Yeah. And um, dad was 
wanting to find a church to pastor it. Okay. And did that happen? Um, he had a few, few church, um, a few uh, preach, preach view, view. Yeah. Um, in some areas, um, eventually, um, North London came out, which is called Woodbury Down, one of the churches that um, was supporting my parents out in Brazil. Yeah. And they asked if if Dad would go and and preach with you, and um, I've asked him to be the pastor. So Fantastic. he was there. Awesome. And I'm just thinking, um, as as you were sharing and talking, I remember when um, Natasha was on a little while ago, we asked her this question of, can you give um, stories of where God moved in your time out in Brazil, where you really saw him moving? Ooh. Sorry, I put you on the spot now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm only can think of um, some, oh yes. When I lived in Cochilla with my mum and dad, um, we were not far away from the, the favelas. And I remember there was a group of Texans coming over to work with the church and mm -hmm. um, to do some evangelism. They sort of didn't know the language, didn't know Portuguese. And they came with one of these, um, it looked like an LP, sort of one of these records. And it gave their testimony. And all they did was um, fiddle with this, um, I don't know what you call it, a little lever with that um, gave the testimony and they used to give leaflets out to these to these non-Christians and because they didn't know the language I was I was able to help with the interpreting from English to Portuguese, Portuguese to English and I remember I went with a group and into somebody's house helped this person with um, with um, fiddled around with his little um, LP thing, um, giving its testimony, and then eventually I helped this the fellow from in speaking Portuguese, and he made a commitment to the Lord. So Fantastic! I was impressed with that. Mm. And, um, and there was another young girl. Um, um, who lived just um, opposite one of the flats that we used to live in and she was a nanny to a family and eventually we asked her to come to church on the Sunday and um, she made a commitment to the Lord as well. Brilliant. Excellent. Oh, great. Oh, thank you. That, that just, it just suddenly cropped into my mind. And thought, yeah, no, great, yes, um, great question. So, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so jumping back to the UK, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, did you, where did you live? Um, um, in terms of yourself, you know, the work that you did, what was the work that you sort of really got involved with? Well, um, in Brazil, I was able to do a bit of nursing. I, was a, I did um, a nursing course out in Brazil. And in, in that, I came back to England and I was able to um, do some, I did care work, um, care assistant work in the nursing home. And working in a nursing home is really hard. And when my parents, when my parents moved up to Woodbury down in, in North London, I moved up to work with old folk. I think it would be easier. And I um, moved into this, um, in the care home up in Finsbury Park, which is up, up not far from my mum and dad's. <laughs> and I lived in there for, it was a Christian one as well, Christian home. And I, I lived in as well. 
great. Mm, fantastic. What led you to moving out of London to Kent? You found yourself working at a Christian conference centre called Herne Bay Court. What led to that? Um, I moved in. I moved to another Christian care home in East London. Yeah. But the homes I worked in are uh, 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 closed down. Uh, the one in in Northland closed down. Then I moved to East London, and that closed down. And well, or just before that, um, I just wanted to have a break from care work. Yeah. And um, Herne Bay Court obviously came up. Yeah. Yeah. With the help of my dad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good old dad. <laughs> he he found these this advertisement and he said, "Why don't you go for it?" And well, he spoke on my behalf to somebody, and then he says, "I think I think you need to phone this this lady up." So I did. That was Doreen Brown, Russ. Okay. Yeah. 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 And little did you know, you were going to meet some stranger at, oh. at Herne Bay Court <laughs> who completely transformed your life. I think. <laughs> well, we went to Herne Bay Court and I arrived in the October and then about a couple of weeks later I found this, this stranger, this strange fellow coming to... <laughs> He's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> came to, um, to Herne Bay Court and I, I worked as a domestic cleaner and waitress and Russ was um, being a porter, weren't you first, Yeah, Russ? yeah, when I first and arrived. And I thought, oh, crumbs. Yeah, we all think that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like this. We can get at you this week. <laughs> Legitimately, yeah. Thanks for that. Love you, brother. <laughs> Bless you. I never, I never thought of um, of, of finding a, a man. Don't <laughs> 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 be careful what I say. <laughs> um, finding a man and getting married. I just didn't think of it at all. I no. just didn't know that Russ was it, would really fancy me, didn't really was, was wanting <laughs> to, to date me. <laughs> oh, so, so Anne, come on, spill the beans. How did he do it? <laughs> it was a Christ, um, Christmas party for staff on the 28th of December. And this is, this is, this is Russ's story as well. <laughs> and um, I remember, I'm sitting down and he came up to me and I moved places and he was running around after me, winking at me and he didn't actually say to me, oh, would you like to go out with me? Would you like to have a meal out with me? He was just um, chasing after me. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I wanted, the, the party had finished and I wanted to go to bed. He came into the into my um, the girls' quarters and sat in the lounge, and he, he sort of just had the first kiss, I think. Yeah. And then um, from then on, it was just sort of dating. I oh, think Russ help me on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was it, it was that there's often this thing in um, with church youth workers. Um, you know, how far should you go on a first date? Um, and I've maintained for the last 30 years that had we not have had a kiss that night, we wouldn't be together now. We didn't know for definite exactly how we felt about each other. So, yeah, it was it was a kiss that sealed our future. So thank you, darling. And tell us a little bit about how you feel your faith has grown 
um, over more recent years through the various things that you've been through, the things that you've been involved in. Um, we've, we've been involved in Christian hospitality and um, here at the radio station and stuff like that. Tell us how you feel your faith has grown in that time. My faith grew when I was in Hernbay Court. It, it sort of um, grew in Hernbay Courts. And then obviously we, we moved after four and a half years out of Hernbay Court, moved to Bournemouth in Christchurch, uh, Bournemouth, um, so that you could go to Bible College yeah. for three years. And obviously I had to work. Um, we we had this, um, we stayed in this URC church in the flat above, and I had to do caretaking work. And obviously that didn't really pay. Um, so I went for another job, um, sort of um, odd jobs. So to so to support you, yeah. And then um, after three years out of um, college, um, we moved to Southbourne, and uh, we both found jobs. So so to help you, and then we we were at St Philip's Church in in Kinson, helping um, uh, young people and um, children's work. We did a Thursday club, and uh, that was really good and lots of children used to come along on that Thursday evening and heard the gospel didn't they Russ? Yeah yeah how, how did those things affect your faith as a Christian though love? Uh, did you find your faith growing? Yes that's yeah. growing yeah yeah fantastic and just very briefly um, how do you see the future of your ministry looking looking forward we moved around, Russ, we moved around. We went to yeah. Essex and my my faith was strong there as well. Obviously, um, supporting you and work for the church. Um, there was, I worked in a care home which was linked with the church and able to bring the old folk to church and take them back again. Yeah. Um, and moving back to Bournemouth and that was good. And then, Things went wrong in Bournemouth when my pre last job, uh, I lost my job. And then I said to you, what about going back into Christian Conference Centre work? And, I, and you said yes. And so we emailed several places and three came down, which was um, St. Winifred, one of them was St. Yeah. Winifred's up in North Wales. So that that has started to really, my faith started to grow there. Yeah. Able to meet um, lots of people, Christian people, and able to serve them as best as I could. Yeah. Serving at meals and obviously doing preparing their rooms, and I, that's what I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, and all of which has really helped your faith to grow. Yeah. Um, during that time, yeah, fantastic. And thank you. So, yeah, sorry, go on. You about and to add obviously, well, obviously, we moved down to Brunel Manor, and that worked as well and helped me, um, helping with the volunteers. Um, yeah. And obviously, we had support from one of the housekeeper as well when I was doing the laundry assistant work. Yeah. And then obviously, we came to Nicholston House, and uh, and my faith grew even more as well at Nicholston House yeah. with learning about other people as well, meeting new people there. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. It's yeah. It's been a journey of of faith growth. Um, and each step that we've taken, I think, probably, hasn't it? 
yeah um, yeah yeah and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast again this week it's been a pleasure to be chatting to you once again um and uh god willing uh, we'll catch up with you again at some point in the future yeah okay <laughs> well i hope you do mate <laughs> <laughs> i shall do certainly and thank you so much bedroom upstairs if you like Ralph. yeah thanks for that <laughs> and thank you so much take Bless care you. okay thank bye. you bye bye, bye.